and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast and blog and all that. I'm Tristan L. Bass, your host, and I'm here with our original Broadway recording cast of Sarah Lorraine, Kendra Van Cleave. We are here to uh, review and discuss episodes six and five of The Great on Hulu the comedic take on the life of Catherine the Great. Okay, so these episodes, the first one is titled, I believe, uh, War and Vomit or Vomit and War, can't remember. Um, and the second one's Parachute. So they Poor puppy! <laughs> What's happening? No, no actual animal violence in this one. Implied, not even, not even implied, everything turns out okay. I, I no, that, that raven? Full on gets shot and murdered. Okay. okay. I forgot the raven. Oh, it was in the dream. That was the dream. No, no, no. The oh. It was a real thing that happened when Archie After. set the raven loose in uh, the emperor's bedroom. And it was that was whole thing. Yeah, that 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 raven, that bird did actually die. <laughs> well, not, not in real life. Yes. But in the movie. <laughs> we hope. Well, and the big puppy died in the episode before. He got poisoned. As soon as he starts eating the borscht, I'm like, no. And then the floofer, and he's floofy, and then they throw him, and then made me sad. This show is, I know it's all fictional, but it's mean to animals and poor puppies. And, and obviously, I, I'm not big on dogs, so I forgot about the other one who, who ate himself, ate, ate the poison. So speaking of the poison, yes, in the first uh, of these two episodes, um, Peter gets poisoned by um, Gregor, his best friend, who is finally kind of getting a little irritated that his wife's getting banged um, by the emperor and in a fit of peak um, sticks some well looks like paint but it ends up having well had some arsenic I think it's lead or something in it arsenic. oh that's what it was he's diagnosed as, with arsenic poisoning okay. puts that in the borscht <clears throat> and um, that uh, leads to a big crisis where Peter is um, on death door for that whole episode um so while he's out for the count um everyone's just like flipping out Catherine is thinking "Ooh, maybe it's time maybe it's my time to shine don't forget and, too before all that there's the whole going to the war stuff oh yes it very very first bit um is Catherine and um the aunt go off to Elizabeth. war macaroons that's actually the only part that really has some interesting costumes I would like to talk about that, actually. Uh, um, Catherine's costume in the opening scene of episode five, uh, her traveling coat, um, it's kind of a, uh, has a hood. Um, it's very fitted. It's some sort of like brocade um, fabric, but it's, you know, and, and it fur edged. But it was one of the things when this was first on and I looked at it and I was like oh well this is interesting and it's a beautiful coat and again with everything in the show everything is beautifully fitted um and it that that makes it more interesting even if the costumes maybe aren't that interesting everything is gorgeously fitted like whoever the draper and the fitter and all of that stuff is on the tech crew uh, behind the scenes like these people completely know what they're doing <laughs> I agree. Um, I guess the thing I 
you know, of course, it's the whole juxtaposition of them wearing ridiculous dresses and passing out macaroons, you know, while they're to soldiers dying in the mud. Um, so, of course, there's the incongruity of that. Um, the whole the, the dress she was painted in was interesting because to me it looked green when she was outside. But then she show, goes back to the palace and it was very gold and much more metallic-y shiny. So, um uh, but I agree with Sarah that everything has fit really well. Yeah, the under the undergown that she wears out in the first scene where she's giving out macarons, there's a, um, uh, the, the traveling costume is kind of what I'm speaking about. But the, when she's back in the, um, and in fact, you actually see it, I think, in the field, um, you see what she's wearing underneath, which is this very like kind of goldy green shot, almost looks like a mantua, almost. Um, and, uh, and then when she gets back to the palace, she wears it for a few more scenes and it's beautifully done. It's beautifully fitted. It's super attractive garb. I don't know what it's made from. I don't know if it's like a historically accurate fabric, um, but it reads really beautifully on screen. So it reads as if it was kind of like a cloth of gold or something that's, you know, shot with something very expensive. Yeah, something about that dress um, reminded me faintly of the uh, of the style, that kind of one style that was used over and over again in the Helen Mirren, Catherine mm. the Great series from earlier this year. Um, just, and I think it's just because uh, it had the, the the kind of the wide um, uh, robing, fingers, robing, and and it had and it was and it had that metallic sheen. And it was kind of in that same color scheme. Um, and I think it did have, a, I can't remember if it had a little belt as well, but it was just in that, it, it had that kind of strong shape um, silhouette, very similar to that same style that Helen Mirren wore throughout the whole freaking series. Um, and it was very striking um, and, and very, yeah, whatever that those fabrics were. Again, I think we've mentioned this throughout every single time there's a new costume. The fabric choices are really amazing. I don't know what the budget they was for this series, but they had some money or at least some good shopping. I will say I'm disappointed by though by the lack of I mean I I agree they've got good fabrics in general and the fit is fabulous, but I'm and I have some quibbles with some things in the last episode, but like I was really let down by the dress that Marl Mariel picks out for her speech to the whatever the 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 court or the you know not not parliament but all the men the, the guys men. right the guys yeah. and Mar Mariel's like oh we have to pick out a dress and Catherine's like oh it doesn't even matter Mariel's like oh I have to pick out something fabulous and then it's just this very boring tone on tone. It's I think she already wore it. Repeat. It's a repeat. Yeah, repeat. yeah it's it's that that kind of robin's egg blue dress that she's worn multiple times in the series. I, she's worn it at least once every single episode. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I was kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm going for something really, bigger. I'm a little <laughs> nervous. This show has no big guns. I mean, not that we haven't seen. I mean, again, her wedding dress and and that first court dress were some attempts, but I I just wish they'd. Uh, They'd give her a few sort of over the top, you know, just in terms of more elegant. It feels like everything she's wearing is at a certain level of sort of nice day wear. And it's, I think, I think what they're trying to say is she's still attached to like the German, the Western Europe kind of thing. Um, the folksy, like we are, um, 
you know, all sort of buying into this neoclassical ideal in the 1760s, way in advance of anybody else doing it. And, and of course, and they're trying to give like the, the impression that Russia is just like this crazy place where fashion is just like insane. And, and I, I get that, but I think six episodes in, we should be shifting it now where she's starting to identify as Russian. We should start to see more of that. We should start to see a synthesis of all of those ideas of her, um, you know, her as a Western European princess uh, combined with a um, Eastern Russian, whatever non-Western European aesthetic. The tiniest bit we get of that is that this is the first place we really see her wear any touches of fur in that traveling cloak and then again in the the next episode um, with a different outer garment um, but it's so tiny and it's in her way where she's very restrained and very elegant and very kind of precious and maybe uh, they're doing it maybe they're doing it because they're projecting past this season and it's going to be in the second season we're going to see things develop further and she's going to grow into her role as empress of russia Maybe that's the reason why, but I feel like by now we should definitely have seen some sort of thing. I think it's about that they're trying to show you that her character is pure and not, you know, ostentatious, not uh, depraved like all of these Russians are. Um, and that's fine. It's just, again, the, the clothes horse in me wants something more over the top. I will say she's had some really nice corsets made out of some lovely brocades that are really beautifully made. And I noticed one was strapless and one had straps, but they, again, they, they fit her really well. I, like I say, I think that this, uh, the costume team on this show um, is incredibly competent when it comes to fitting and draping and, you know, showing, um, kind of showing off their skills, uh, fitting costumes to a body. Um, we may quibble about like, you know, how we want to see the costumes advance the storyline, but every single time I'm expecting something to just be like a clunker or like a recycled costume that doesn't quite fit or like, you know, whatever. And they actually nail it. They do a great job with their, um, yeah, just with the fitting and the, the design in general. Well, and I do think that the costumes are advancing the storyline, and you're right. We probably will get some proper Empress gear. Shy, we better, but she's not in Empress land right now. Yeah, it, I just felt like, it, you know, six episodes in, like, come on! So plot-wise, this these two episodes show that she is definitely just starting to turn the tides of having some influence, figuring out a little bit of how she might fit in and she might have some sway with Peter. Most of that is because Peter's on his deathbed. She, she, she fails miserably in her presentation to the, the guys. The, the patriarchy. Patriarchy. It is in fact, I think it is actually a, it's officially called a patriarchy. The, well, no, the, the lead the, guy the is. Is the religious guy. The head no, of the, I know that's the, uh, the, uh, Patriarch. It was a joke. Yes. <laughs> Based on the fact that the lead religious guy is the patriarch. I, I know. But, I was just trying to say, I actually think it's the patriarch. 
as I was trying to say, so she, she gets, she, she screws that up, but she does kind of start to kind of get in with Peter um, a little bit. And so that tide turns, um, is starting to turn. So this is, and, and this is, you know, it's five and six. So this is smack in the middle of the season. So we are kind of, that's literally the tide. That's when it's going to be turned. We're halfway through. She's getting a little bit of an in. She's um, starting to see, and she, she actually says this to, uh, to Mariel or maybe the aunt, I can't remember who, um, that I, I think I can see Peter softening or I can see how I can soften him or whatever. Um, and I think it might be in the second episode after uh, she's, uh, she, the aunt is also convincing Peter that, hey, you really need to pop out an air here. So you need to stop fucking everybody else. You need to fuck Catherine. Um, and then they do some woo woo with the sticks and the timing and the, you know, counting how many thrusts and all that. Ice bucket. <laughs> Ice bucket and all that. So, so yeah, this is definitely the turning point. So maybe, you know, that'll turn as well with costume, but it's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens along there. Then in that, in that sixth episode, she has this very pretty spring green satin dress. Yeah. That's back laced. And they've done, I've tried this too, where the fit isn't quite perfect. So you bone, they've boned the underlining and it so shows you can see there are four rows of quarter inch boning and you can see it. And because of course, there's no center front seam where there should be. So it's not actually attached. So then the satin moves separately and it's not bad. It's, it's minor, but A, you're looking at those stitching lines of the boning, which shouldn't be showing because it's not actually stitched through the fabric and then B, the... The back lacing it also has princess seams and whatever. I I was so my my TV is is quite a bit smaller than most people's TVs and I I saw that and I thought a busk like they actually put a busk in that bodice and it did the thing that every time you just stick a busk in a bodice it creates these weird stress lines kind of uh, you know down around the rib cage and every time that that was on the scene and er, on the screen and I. It was on the screen for a significant amount of time. I could not take my eyes off of that. And okay, so that was a that was a miss, in my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, because it was you but, about all the great fitting, and I'm thinking, well, there was one clunker. <laughs> yeah, but one clunker out of dozens. It did fit well when she was standing up. It's when she moved or sat or whatever that things yeah. shifted. Yes. compounded by doing it in satin because you know if it was in something if it was in something else it wouldn't have shown as poor. satin is uh it's it is actually a cognate for satan i have <laughs> a plan to do a post about why you should not have used satin here because all it's doing is she's not doing you anything it just highlights all of the problems if you don't know how to use satin and honestly i have had great success with some satin costumes and some hugely problematic results with other satins. It is not a given. It is a thing that is a moving target target constantly. It, I, I love seeing it when it's on screen, uh, but there's so few times that people pull it off. Satin it's so hard to work with. Satin as Satan should be a Snark Week post that one of you writes because... Didn't it, I do that already? No, you oh. haven't. All right, well, uh, I'm going to. It, because it's, it can, it, it's a, it's beautiful on screen, but it has to be done with the utmost of care and precision and thought and 
looking at it from every angle, how they, how the actor or actress sits, stands, moves, breathes, uh, because and, and and from every angle, because again, lighting is a big big part of that. Um, lighting and movement. Uh, okay, so one of the things I wanted to talk about with both of these episodes, uh, but the one that stood out was in, I think it was episode six, after Peter has had his near-death experience, and then in episode six it opens right away with him jogging through the park because he wants his buddy to see a bird. Now he's filled with, you know, all of the feelings of joy and love about the universe and everything. He's wearing a fucking hoodie. Oh God, that is the douchiest outfit ever. <laughs> I noticed that the pants look like like some sort of running legging yeah. kind of yes. thing. I didn't I see the hoodie. I, a, I hate hoodies in general. Just, I have a thing about hoodies. That's why, also why I hate um, the 18th century versions of them. Um, the Brunswick or whatever. Uh, I hate all hoodies. I just hate hoods. But that one actually is, I swear it's fleece. And it's it's a, it's a crossed over and it's got the hood in the back. And, and he's, he's a douchey character to begin with. But this just makes him look... I take back every, it, it, it cancels out rather everything about him wearing that beautiful blue velvet suit. So my boyfriend, you know, who, who has some, you know, knowledge of historical costuming, that's not completely ignorant about it. We're watching it and he's looking at it and he's like, he's wearing a fucking hoodie and leather pants. And I had to explain to him, of course, the whole idea behind the contractually obligated leather pants thing. But the hoodie, like, I get, I get, I get that we're doing this, we're tongue-in-cheeking it, it's a not completely accurate telling of it, like they say in the title, you know, thing for the show, but that part was the first time in the show where I actually was like, yeah, you took me way out of the vibe, like, we were, we were vibing on the 18th century, and you just threw me into 21st century hoodie town, and I, and it was in for like, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. He's wearing it through this whole scene where he has hung. Yeah, the, it's, a, it's a long scene. It's actually that. a very yeah. long scene of him wearing it. And all I can do is just look at it and be like, oh. So gross. <laughs> so gross. I wasn't as offended. I, I felt like they were doing the thing that they are where, especially with him, they're doing a lot more sort of modern references. The, the dress, I don't know that I was offended, but I spent a lot of time looking at the aunt's red dress in the sixth episode, yes, which was just, it was so clunky. Wait, uh, but the dress where she's, uh, she's mourning Ivan? Yeah. So that dress has these giant 1890s puffed sleeves or like faux Laura Ashley. And then the Frances pleats in back were stitched down like halfway down the back. And I just, why? That's all. That's all I needed to say was why. It's very poorly made. See, weirdly, because I thought you, Tristan, would be all over that dress. For whatever reason, I thought it fit in with your aesthetic. Yeah, aesthetically, but it's horribly made. It's just, it's actually, it's it's very clunky. It's, um, for all the things that Kendra said, it's it's just, it's, uh, it, the proportions are terrible on her too because of those giant sleeves and um, and then the, from the back, it's so it loses any pretense towards elegance because it's just so clunky. It looks uh, like a badly made 1890s tea gown. 
Yeah. It's like you know what it reminded me of, though, was the dress that they have the um, uh, Peter's mother, yeah. her, her corpse, dressed yeah. in. That's, yeah. that's kind of where I was drawing the correlation to, but yeah i mean the color scheme is very it's very similar and the you know like the um you know the gold stomacher on the on the red velvet i mean that's it's a nice combo but everything about it is ju otherwise is just so poorly designed it's just clunky really really clunky now two other costumes to talk about talking about peter's mother Reminds me of, oh my God, the shagging scene with that, with the corpse, which was terrifying. But we get to see more of Tristan's favorite dress on Georgina with the cutouts in front. And it, ha it is some, some sort of back closure. I'm sorry, Tristan. This yeah. is the dress that has um, has I mean, uh, uh, horizontal diamonds down the front that you really... Win, this is during the flashback scene where the Mariel's dad is shagging the corpse. And we find out why uh, Peter's Peter, not wearing much of anything then. She's wearing the dress you love that yeah. you, in the very first episode, you were okay, like- Okay, then you got to screen cap it because I watched that scene and I don't remember her wearing much of anything. She was wearing like a lot. Before. Then you need to screen cap it. <laughs> okay. And then the other one that I thought was interesting and I'm wondering if anybody knows anything more about was Mario had this purple outfit with this real- full skirting around the waist the little jacket it goes to punch her and she runs and goes and punches her father because you know fun. oh i love that little jacket so much i actually told my boyfriend while we were watching it because actually he really enjoys the show uh, but also i'm like i love this goddamn like little jackety thing with all the little Proofy little peplum thing that she's got going on. Oh, it was super, super. I don't know if that's the same one, but in one of the very first episodes, she wore a cute little jacket like that. Uh, it's. I thought. It, I thought it was the same too. I don't think it is. Hard but initially, I did think it was the same one. Um, but I think that one was more of like a coat. It had sleeves. Maybe that one has sleeves that they could attach. It's just the same yeah. thing. But it was really cute. We we need to do a little bit of googling because it's pinging my. Um, the Endless Step, which was, okay, so Kendra, this tangent, Kendra loved books as a child about girls suffering. And this book, The Endless Step, is a memoir, a real life girl whose family is exiled to Siberia during World War II. And like, they are like, you know, digging f frozen nubs of turnips out of the dirt and all of that. And at the finally at the end, she manages to get enough money to make herself a like super chic siberian peasant outfit which she then wears back to be reunited with her dad in this i want to read this book it's so good it's so pivotal in my life what is it the endless step the endless step do you know the author i could find it for you okay post this but the point is she's made her siberian outfit and then she goes back to town like you know saint petersburg or moscow and realizes that she can't wear this now in town because it's you know 1945 or whatever anyway <laughs> this is my this is my tangent <laughs> so to me that jacket reminds me of um the folkwear pattern that has the three little like Bolivian milkmaids jackets or something I think they're called which are just like generic Eastern European cute little jackets and it totally looks like one of those. I literally took a sip of my cocktail the moment that Tristan mentioned folkwear pattern and I was like <laughs> yes we all know <laughs> I know exactly that pattern. Oh. 
<laughs> Love that pattern. It was so cute. And you'd see the rent fair all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, my mom modified the bodice of the, um, uh, the dirndl, the dirndl pattern to be when I was like 12 years old. Ren Fair. That was the modified dirndl pattern from Folkwear. I made the Kinsale cloak to wear to Ren Fair. So did I. <laughs> I lived before Folkwear was out, so I could oh, wear those. Old lady. I, out before you. I modified some <laughs> random shirt pattern or some bullshit like that. I, well, you know, I had the instructions from, you know, Winter and Savoy, so. All right, let's get back to, to <laughs> the great, because we. And now you all, all the you in podcast land know our, our, our Kinsey secrets. Yes. Um, so is there anything else that we want to talk about in the great? Um, <laughs> there wasn't a lot new and. Yeah. Like they use their, the, the two new costumes that I twigged in both of the episodes happened in episode five and that, at the very beginning and that was the traveling coat of Catherine and what she was wearing underneath it which was kind of like I said kind of a weirdly Mantua-ish look and then there were some like the corset there were a couple of scenes where she had a very uh, two you're right Kendra very beautiful corsets um later on but there's not a heck of a lot of new content in these two episodes Two other little things I noticed when they go to visit the war. The aunt has a cute little tricorn perched on the corner of her giant 1780s hair. And the other one is sort of midway through where people are worrying about whether or not the Peter is going to die. Um, and Georgina is stressing, of course, about her husband. She's wearing this hot pink dress that just the neckline comes. Oh yeah, like it comes kind of come like a V back behind. It the looks neck. like it's like an 1880s cut because it comes. Yeah. Uh, up on the neck and behind and it's actually it's a it's a gorgeous line i love that line of a neckline it's just not 18th century it's not a crisis this is like so minor are you sure because i know uh, during a large portion of that she's wearing she's re-wearing the red bow one without the no. bow uh no it, it happens when they're in the party where all the kids oh, the party one that's where Perfect. she's wearing the red one without yeah. the bow because oh yeah. Okay. Uh, because I also twigged that one as being something that was really. You're wearing the same jewelry and it's the same cut. It just doesn't have the giant bow behind it. Well, at this point, I was able to see the entire dress better. So it yeah. looked completely different. Yeah. Um, it, and one of the things I liked about it actually was that it had the fuller sleeve at the top with the tighter sleeve, which is a, definitely a thing that was kind of a weird and maybe not for like 17 quote unquote 60s when this was supposedly happening. But later on, this became a kind of a fashion trope for the peasant wear where you had the fuller sleeve look. And I kind of thought that that was what was hearkening back to. I like how everyone's all like dot, dot, dot. Don't know what you're talking about, Sarah. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Those boucher. Yeah, no boucher. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree also that it is probably way not period for what is actually taking place in the historical period that we're supposed to be focusing on, but none of it is. I've let that go. At this point, I want 18th century S that fits well and doesn't have backlacing. But again, I would like some things that are a bit sparklier or something, something new because I'm visually starting to get bored. 
Yeah, I hope that they bring something new in the next, I think, two episodes, and then we finish the series, right? Eight yeah, episodes. we're at five, six, so seven, eight, nine, ten. So we got two more. Oh, there's podcasts. ten. So we've got two more podcasts to go. So four more episodes. Um, I'm, yeah, I am really, yeah, at this point, kind of bored with, with the costuming. Great costuming, though it is. Yeah. Um, the plot line, you know, and 90% of the people out there, that's all they care about. Uh, but we are talking to the 10% that's who right. care about the costuming too. <laughs> I'm still just like, just show me something different. I was poor Leo who has to let his, his girl get shagged by a douche. I am not now. I am not sympathetic to Leo. You no. know why? Because the emperor literally served Catherine on a fucking platter to Leo. And Leo now catches some feelies and oh geez, he has an emotion. Like that's going to get his shit killed. He needs to know where his fucking dinner comes from. So is Sarah on this one. Like Leo deal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's just a, a little, like, it's a silly, it's a silly side plot for Leo to have feelings. Like, come on, dude. Like literally the well, emperor goes well, to him well. and it's all like, here, fuck my wife, the empress. Yeah. Ta-da. And then, oh, but now I have emotion and I'm possessive and I'm, da-da-da-da. and I'm sitting here like, don't do that. You're going to get dead because of that. Sure, on a logical level, but feelings aren't always logical. So I like that they're schmoopy about each other. And, uh, and you guys are all bitter hag. <laughs> In this case, I am fully a bitter hag. I am fully like, Leo, know that you're going to die if you keep down this little path of yours. He threw the puppy off the balcony. He will throw your ass off the balcony the next step of the way. So, exactly. Yeah. So we've got uh, two more uh, podcasts, four more episodes. We'll keep on at it, even if all the costumes are recycled, though we'll be bored and bitter about it. So um, thanks for tuning in. And um, we'll have a post with screen caps of whatever we just talked about. (laughs) And Kendra's random children's memoir about suffering in Siberia. I need to know about the suffering in Siberia. Exactly. It's critical. Yes, so uh, we are Frockflicks. Find us at frockflicks.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all your favorite places where you might find us. So thanks for tuning in and that's all for this episode. Bye. Bye.